0: Good. All right, all right. All right, you guys can find a posture of worship. First worship of the semester, let's go. Let's do Of
1: feeling? Can Can you hear me now? Cool. All right. Welcome. It says, my name is Daniel. I'm the student president here at Wesley, and it's so great to see each and every one of you um, this Tuesday night. First Tuesday worship of the semester. We're back. Yeah, and we're outside. It feels so great outside. If you'd please now join me in a word of prayer. God, thank you for today. Thank you for for who you are, um, for your love, and for your grace, and for your presence, and that you invite all of us together into this space um, to experience your grace. May your presence be made more known to us. May we become more aware of it. Um, And as we come into this time of worship, of singing and dancing, and listening, and talking, and maybe even some painting, um, may we find it within ourselves to breathe, and and get to know you in, in a deeper, fuller way, as a community, and as individual persons, remembering always that we are beloved of you. It's in your name we pray together. Amen.
2: Thanks, guys. Um, I don't know about anybody else, but um, when they said the word syllabus, did anybody else get like a shiver? Kind of like, uh, the syllabus shock is real. Well, hey, welcome to worship. My name is John. Um, I am the campus minister and um, the the guy who gets the honor and the privilege to work with the student leadership team here, that uh, the council who gets to do all this incredible stuff that we have been naming on all the announcements but i'm just really excited to be able to welcome you to worship all right so it is so good to have everybody here um i just want to highlight a couple of things we are so glad that you are here for worship this is an opportunity for all of us to get to know god and each other in a greater way um worship here is student created and so if there are things in worship that you would like to try to do Um, I know that um, our worship team would invite you to come and do those things. Maybe it's a different style of music. Maybe it's a a different art form. Maybe it's a dance, maybe it's something that you just always wanted to try and worship. We're all down for it. We're excited to be able to do that because this is worship that's created by and for students. So I got to tell you, in my first two days in college, and I went, I went to Tennessee Tech a long, long, long time ago. Um, and when I was in school, I, I was a football player. And so, like, I got into my dorm. My, my, my res hall was nothing but football players. My roommate was another guy who was, like, my size. So you imagine two guys our size in very, very small spaces. But, and I was a, I was a country kid, I had never, the closest person who has house was closest to mine was a mile and a half away and it was my grandmother. So I was not used to like anything of what a residential life would look like. And one night we'd been like a lot of hard practice, a lot of long days, um, I was about half asleep and I was laying on my bed, my roommate was, all, was asleep as well and, um all of a sudden I could hear someone walking down the hallway. And as they were walking down the hallway, every few steps you could hear like a jiggle of a door handle. And I thought, oh man, like somebody's trying to find an open door to break in. And so when the door got like it got closer and closer, so I, I became more awake and I and I grabbed the heaviest, biggest thing I could find near my bed, which was my biology textbook. Big old thick textbook, and I grabbed it and I was waiting. And when that person on the other side of the door, like, grabbed the handle to turn it, I grabbed the handle and I, like, threw it wide open, and the guy came in with it. And when he came in, I tackled him onto my roommate who was sleeping in his bed, and I yelled out, We got business, sucker! We did not have business. It was my RA, who was just checking to make sure all the doors would lock properly. Meanwhile my roommate became alert as well, so this 145 pound guy all of a sudden was looking up at two 300 plus pound guys getting ready to do what? I don't know with a biology textbook. That was was a struggle. Because that RA actually quit that night. And we never got another RA for the rest of the year. And it was tough. And so the next day, I began to think, I've already caused somebody in my life to completely leave when I was in college. Someone who was supposed to be there to support me and help me and help us have a great thing, gone. And I was feeling kind of bad about that. And I was feeling rough in my first day of classes. And on one of my classes, I walked in, and as I walked in, the room was, was already packed. And you know how it is on the first day of class, is that, that, that seat that you get on the first day of class, that is your seat. You have got to go mark your space. And I was walking into this education class. It was already full, It and I walked in, and there was no place to sit. I felt like for anybody who's ever seen the movie Forrest Gump, I felt like walking down the bus and there being no one who wanted to sit with me. And then all of a sudden, there was a guy who was sitting in the very, very back with a couple of chairs who who got up and said, hey, come sit by me. That guy who I had never known, had never met, had never been around, that guy's name is Rex, and Rex became one of my best friends. I was in his wedding, he was in my wedding. And so, college is going to be full daily of really deep struggles and maybe lifetime successes. And so with that, I I want to welcome you to campus. I want to welcome you to Wesley and I want to welcome you to worship. I I want to tell you some of who we aim to be as Wesley. We are a, we're not a place, we're a people. Wesley aims to be a people who strive to be about a deep relationship with God and with others. We want to be about deep and not shallow. We don't want to do surface level stuff. We want to create spaces where we can be authentic, where we can be trustworthy, and where we can have make changes with ourselves and others in the world. We aim to be bold in love. We aim to help create atmospheres where you can have an ownership of your own faith. Now, you need to understand something though about Wesley and understand something about the people sitting around you is that we are a collection of the imperfect who simply just try to offer better grace and peace and patience all the time. We are not an end result of who we are going to be. We're still moving forward. I would also tell you that we as a people believe that doubt is okay. One of the main phrases that we say all the time here is a quote by Anne Lamont who says that the opposite of faith is not doubt, it's certainty. So we ask you to bring your faith, bring your doubt, and let's work it together. Because ultimately, I believe that by sharing your doubts, by working through this, you're going to become a stronger person and it's okay. I would also tell you that it's okay to not be okay. There's days I'm not okay. Okay. And I'm thankful that we have a community or we aim to be a community that says, bring your not okayness and we'll journey together. I will tell you who we believe God to be. We believe that there is this God who deeply loves you and that you, as you are, are created in God's image. And then through relationship with God and with other people in community, that image becomes clearer and clearer and clearer as your relationship gets deeper and deeper and deeper. I believe that we have a God that is calling you, equipping you, and sending you to make it on earth as it is in heaven. And I believe that this God has an invitation for your life to live in Christian community. That's some of who we are, and that's some of who we believe God to be, but I want to offer this sermon tonight as just a deep welcome to you and to this space and to this community. And so I'm about to invite Molly June Miller to come up and read and come on start working down Molly June. So she's going to read our scripture for the night. It's from the gospel of Luke. It's Luke chapter 19 verses 1 through 10. So we have this thing called the Bible. It's Holy Scripture. There's two parts. There's an Old Testament or sometimes called Hebrew Bible, and there's a New Testament. This New Testament is made up of a bunch of letters, but also made up of like four particular accounts of the life of Jesus. And one of the ones we're going to look at tonight is Luke. And The scripture is actually in um, the Google Doc that we have, or you can get it on your phone, however you want to do that. Molly June is one of our new uh, ministry residents, along with Jonathan, right back there. They are post-grad. Um, they have graduated from two different schools. And um, they're here to help support you as you want to grow and learn. So I'm going to invite Molly June to come. I think you can grab whatever mic you like. And she's going to read our scripture for the night.
3: He entered Jericho and was passing through it. A man was there named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. He was trying to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd, he could not because of his small stature. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree to see him. When Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried down and was happy to welcome him. All who saw it began to grumble and said, He was he has gone to be hold on. He has gone to be the guest the guest of one who is a sinner. Zacchaeus stood there and said to the Lord, look, half of my possessions, Lord, I will give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I will pay back four times as much. Then Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house because he too is a son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek out and to save the
2: lost. Nailed it, good job. So as we give thanks for that reading, thanks Molly June, um, you kind of heard the story of Jesus and Zacchaeus, which may be familiar for some of you. And so what I asked you beforehand, I'm going to give you a little time to discuss with your neighbors again now, what did you hear in that? What did you see in that? What did you think? What did you feel? Did anybody, come on, am I the only person who like church camp here, like started to sing the song? Anybody know the song? Zacchaeus, a wee little man. A wee little man was he. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, for those of you who worked at camp, I was really surprised that some of y'all just started, just started singing that. Um, I definitely heard that. I definitely thought um, I definitely thought about having Molly June, like, climb up in a tree to read the scripture. That would have been great. You totally would have done that, right? Um, that would have been perfect. It would be perfect. So... I think for me, um, this is a story of deep welcome. This is a story where we can see Jesus, though being the one who is coming and receiving hospitality and a welcome, we can also see that it's Jesus welcoming someone to a deeper thing, a deeper relationship. This is a story of deep welcome. And I think from this story, we can see parts Of Jesus and see parts of Christian community that need to be named and that need to be practiced. First, we see that when Jesus is walking into the town, that as Zacchaeus is up in the tree, Jesus sees him. And I I just want to tell you, I think that's a, a really big thing. Jesus sees you. Now, I don't mean that in like this creepy way, like Jesus is watching you all the time. No, no, I think Jesus sees you. Sees who you really are, sees who you are really going to be, sees your struggles, sees your successes, sees the ways in which you are frustrated, confused, sees the ways that you need community, the ways that you need to have help. I I think Jesus sees you. And that's a deep place of welcome, is to see someone else. I think Jesus also shows up and invites us to more. Jesus shows up all the time and invites us to something more. And we need to climb down from wherever it is that we climb sometimes. We need to move away from the edge a little bit sometimes. We need to come out of hiding sometimes. And we need to take Jesus upon his invitation to go deeper, to have a life that is not surface level that's kind of like, honestly, the next few weeks in our, our we're going to do a sermon series, uh, just kind of like going deep. That we're going to talk about how to have deeper relationships with God and other people, how to have deeper rhythms in your life. Lord, I am ready for that sermon for myself, to have rhythms of my life that are deeper and not shallow and superficial, and to find ways that we respond to the world, its brokenness, its problems, its catastrophes and disasters, how to respond in a deeper way. And I hope that you'll come back and we can journey and do that together. We can also see in this story that Jesus hopes that we move quickly. Once he sees and invites Zacchaeus to something deeper, he hopes that we will move quickly. I am always slow to respond to the ways that God may be calling me or that God is inviting me to things. But from that, when we do respond like Zacchaeus, when we do respond, transformation happens. Zacchaeus is transformed into someone greater than he was even when he went up the tree. And transformation will happen when you engage the invitation of Jesus Christ, when you engage Christian community in inv- that invitation, transformation will happen. And you need to know when transformation in Christ happens, people will grumble, right? That's what happens in this story. Immediately, Zacchaeus has become this new person, fully in the image of God, is even saying, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take care of all this stuff. We're going to do all this well. And people are grumbling. You're going to have people in your life grumble as you grow here in college. You're going to have people who are going to grumble and not understand the transformation that is happening in your life. And, but Jesus understands that. And to Lily's point, it' a reminder that Jesus has come for the lost. and I I'm, hate to be the one to tell you, but in college, you are going to be lost. You will be lost physically, <laughs> you will be lost mentally, emotionally, and sometimes spiritually. You will be lost and disoriented and confused and frustrated. And I've got to tell you, I confess this to you, I am often all those things too. The, the notion of being lost is not just a singular moment in our lives, but it's moments that often come in very hard waves. And it's Jesus who continues to come and to welcome us home even when we think we've worn out our welcome. And so Jesus is here for us. And I need to tell you that we are gonna be here for each other. When I was, um, as I told you, I was a football player in in college and I played football in high school. And um, I was a pretty good football player and I was invited to this this camp when I was in high school. And it was basically like, honestly, it was like an illegal recruiting tool, but it was an FCA football camp in Boiling Springs, North Carolina. And I, I, this is a place where the name was like very accurate. It was the hottest place I maybe I've ever been, including like Southern uh, American mission trips. But this place was full of some of the best high school players Across the country, and we were playing and being kind of coached up by college coaches and pro coaches and pro players, and it was great. We were having a ball. And on the very last day, some of the college and pro players they put on their pads and came out and played with us. Now, when I was in uh, when I was in high school, I was a, a left tackle. Some of you may have seen the movie from many years called The Blind Side. So, what a left tackle does is it's their job to keep, oh, we did it. Yes. This streak is alive. Y'all need to know, every single time we've ever had worship outside, somebody gets pulled over. So a reminder, if you're not at worship and you're driving by Wesley at 7 o'clock on Tuesday nights, drive carefully. All right. So I was a left tackle, and so my job is to keep people off of the blind side of the quarterback when he's getting ready to throw my job is to keep those big defensive linemen from hurting that quarterback. And so I was really good at it. But on the day on this camp where we went out to go practice and play, we were playing against college and professional people. And everybody was really excited except for me. Because when I broke the line of scrimmage, when I broke the hole and went to the line of scrimmage, I was lined up against a NFL Hall of Fame defensive tackle by the name of Reggie White. For those who don't know, Reggie White played for the University of Tennessee, he played for the Eagles, he played for the Green Bay Packers, he's in the Hall of Fame. He's a great Christian dude, but Reggie White is like this. Reggie White's biceps were bigger than my legs. I was a big dude then, he was a massive dude, so like, when I have my hand in the dirt, and looked up at him, his eyes were like the size of a headlight of a car. His nostrils were so big, I could put like a fist up in there. I'm telling you, this dude is a huge dude. And so, the quarterback goes to the cadence and get ready to snap the ball, and I am scared out of my mind. And I'm so scared, but over my scare, I can hear Reggie White lined up against me, and he says, John. I mean, this like deep James Earl Jones Mufasa type of voice that he looks at me and says, John, I'm coming for you. And I've got to tell you, I wanted to be anybody but John in that moment. And so, but the ball was snapped and I'll, all I knew how to do was to do what I've been taught to do, right? Is I, I, I stepped down, I moved my feet, I got my hands in front of me and somehow by the grace of God, I blocked Reggie White. I was kind of stunned. Oh my gosh, this happened. How in the world did this happen? And so I'm back at the huddle, kind of confused. I go back up to the line of scrimmage. We're running another play. I put my hand in the dirt. I look up at Reggie White, and for a second time, he says, John, I'm coming for you. Are you ready? And I'm still scared, but I I stepped down, I, I moved my feet, I moved my hands, and for a second time, I, a mere mortal, blocked Reggie White, Hall of Famer, for the second time. Now, y'all, remember, at this point, I am 17 years old. I had I began to lose my ever-loving mind. And as I was walking back to the huddle, I began to think thoughts like, you know what? I'll just skip college and go straight to the pros. I'll make a lot of money. they will be like Air John's. Like, I was super excited about buying my mom a house, my dad a new tractor. Life was going to be good. I was super excited about this. So it was so so exciting. I didn't even hear what the play they called. I didn't care. I can block anybody now. And the third time, I go up, I put my hand in the dirt, I look Reggie White in the eye, and Reggie White for the third time says to me, John, I'm coming for you. Are you ready? And remember, 17 years old, I began to start trash-talking Reggie White. He said, John, I'm coming for you. I said, come on, Reggie. (laughs) Come on, Reggie was the last part of this story that I can tell from a firsthand account. What I'm told happened was that when the ball was snapped, Reggie White hit me and I did a flip in the air. I had like cleats flying off. I had snot bubbles coming out. And the next thing I remember is Reggie White like me laid out and Reggie White hit me on the side of the helmet. Reggie White was blocking out the sun and he was saying, wake up, wake up, wake up. And he literally, y'all, I was as big then as I am now. He literally picked me up off the ground and put me back on my feet. And he said, John, I told you I was coming. You weren't ready. I just gotta be honest. There's a lot of things coming and I want you to be ready. There's a lot of things coming in your life here in college that, that I want you to be ready. And and I want you to be ready to have relationships and rhythms and responding. I want you to have community and connection. I want you to have life and love that is deeper than what you currently know. Are you ready to go deep? Are you ready? tonight as a a practice we'd like to do is to respond. We've actually got a nice nice canvas and a painting that Molly June and several other people helped to create. And what we have over here are our cans of spray paint. And we're going to give you a few minutes. We're going to play music. And it's a piece of artwork that you're going to make together. We're going to take this piece of artwork and we're going to hang it in our worship space inside. So next week, We'll be worshiping inside at 7 o'clock, and you get to come back and see your artwork as we are going to have worship together. Feel free to grab several different colors. It's just put it wherever, however. We just ask, you know, don't spray other people. You know what I'm saying? But this is, as you're doing this, I want you to begin to think about what it would look like in my life to go deeper, deeper with God, deeper with other people, just deeper in my life. As you're doing this, this is a a time we're gonna play music. Feel free to talk to each other. We're gonna give everybody several minutes to spray and put a couple of colors on there. We love to do that. While you're doing that, yeah, meet somebody new. Share what your favorite color is. Share some way you may wanna go deeper. Share your successes, your struggles. Share what you thought about the scripture. This is an opportunity to come and to begin to think about, am I ready? How am I going to go deeper? I'm going to offer a word of prayer, then just get up, move over, spray, and then the worship team will close us out in a last song. Will you pray with me? Gracious and holy God, we we thank you for this night, and we thank you that you see us, that you love us, that you're moving in us, and that you are sending us to do incredible things in this world. I pray, oh God, that we can get our hearts ready to go deeper with you, to go deeper with others, and to have lives that don't just stay on the surface. Lord, I love you and I thank you for each and every person that is here tonight, for each and every person that will be enjoying our podcast later. I pray that all of us may have your Holy Spirit bless us as we seek to bless others. We pray this in the holy and the beautiful name of Christ our Lord. And all God's people said, amen. Feel free to go over whenever you're ready. Make sure that everybody gets a couple, put a couple of coats on there. Let's go.
0: Thank you for this amazing weather, and thank you for all these amazing people uh, coming out to worship uh, with us and for you. Um, Thank you for um, allowing us to have just another kickoff to uh, fall semester. Uh, Please be with us this week for syllabuses. Please be with us for the rest of the semester, and keep us um, always looking for you. Amen. Amen.
2: So, just want to say welcome again. We're so glad that you're here. Um, we are uh, just a reminder that our worship team, these wonderful folks right behind me, um, would love to have you. If you've got a talent, a musician, like to sing, play, any way that you want to do something in worship, make sure to go talk to them because um, we do different things every week. We'll be back inside next week, 7 a.m., 7 p.m. Now, hold up. Lacey said no. Um, She said student led and veto. All right, so 7 p.m. worship next week. But we hope to see you at lunch tomorrow, 11 to 1, Papacy Chicken. Go in the peace of Jesus Christ to serve and to love. And we brought out some watermelon.
0: Watermelon. All right, go in peace.